Welcome to the new school. What we wanted to do was talk about the concept of authenticity and vulnerability in an industry that has typically been super buttoned up, super professional, and a little bit old school. Hi everyone, and welcome to episode number 17 of the New School Video Podcast. Since we last joined you, we actually were recognized by wealthmanagement.com's industry award as digital campaign of the year. So we're super excited, stoked, and honored about that. Thank you for being a part of our journey. It's Candice, Head of Advisor Education at FICOM Partners. And as per usual, I'm joined by our CEO, Meg Carpenter. So what's really exciting about this episode is we're joined by Emlyn Miles Mattingland. And if you've been a listener for a while, you know he was our first ever guest on the New School podcast. And his episode is appropriately named Changing the Complexion of Wealth because that is what he is doing. He has his own podcast called The Minority Money. And he actually won our advisor podcast awards that we held earlier this year in partnership with Investment News, the category of diversity and inclusion. So we're huge fans of Emlyn's. He's authentic, vulnerable, smart, and it's been such an honor to be a part of his journey. In this episode, he dives more deeply into his journey of creating his podcast, being super specific around the content, the surprises he's had, as well as advice to other advisors considering launching a podcast. This is such an exciting episode because we are joined by Emlyn Miles Mattingly, who is the host of the Minority Money podcast, which won the diversity and inclusion category of our first ever advisor podcast awards that we ran in partnership with Investment News. But not only that, if you've been listening to the news school, you'll know that Emlyn was our first outside guest. So we are so excited to have you back, Emlyn. I think as part of your intro, I missed that you're also the CEO of Next Gen Wealth. You do a tremendous amount of work. You're going to talk all about it, including the latest internship program that you launched called BLX. But thank you for being here. We're so excited to have you. What was it like being part of the Advisor Podcast Awards? Uh, first of all, thanks for having me on, ladies. I just want to say thank you. Uh, it's always fun to hang out with both of you and and just chat. Um, so just want to thank you guys for having me back on. And, and it's been it's always fun to, to be able to chat with you um, in terms of like the award and stuff like I, I just so humbled, like because seeing that the other candidates were truly impressive, like they were like both of them were very impressive. They had some incredible things that they were doing. And just to be um, in the finals was, was, a, and I, I took it as an accomplishment just to make the finals. Like, and this is just, this is just me being candid with you. I just, I was, they were, I was really impressed with, with the other people. Um, 
and then just to 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 actually win. I, I didn't think I was going to win. Like I and 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 I'm not saying that just as something to say. Like I really I was like, man, I, you know, well, I made it this far. It's it's good to. I'm I'm glad I made it this far. And then then when I actually won, I, I still kind of um, yeah, I'm still kind of like just just kind of giddy over it, like just the win. So yeah, thanks, thank you, ladies. It was such a gift to have you on, and I really saw the surprise in there. But you know what was I think really cool for us is. That I think the diversity and inclusion category, first of all, we said like our industry is trying to close the gap here. They're not always doing a great job. Like, let's be honest about it. So let's mm -hmm. let's demonstrate people who are doing it right. Like who not right, but actually like doing it, like, you know, in a way that actually works. Cause I think mm -hmm. there's a tendency to have like a lot of talk, but maybe not a lot of action or understanding how to do it. And I loved your category because. I wasn't even aware, you know, Miguel, the first ever all Spanish podcast, you know, mm -hmm. closing the wealth gap for Latinos and him being a Latino CFP. And then Marsha, you know, working with black female entrepreneurs and that it was like such an exciting, I, I was moved by mm -hmm. everyone in that category. Mm -hmm. And, and when you talk about um, each of them, I, I just remember when we were talking in, during the during the awards part, and uh, when when you asked Miguel, uh, and, then, and they said, you know, had you ever thought about changing your your podcast to English so that you could you know reach more people? And he was like, no, because the people I need to reach speak Spanish. And I said, give him the award; it's his. Like what this guy? Like he like give it to him because you know it, it's it. I mean, just to to have that kind of conviction and to believe that you need to impact this particular group of people that much. And, and it just, it was, it was incredible. And I really just admired uh, that of him. It was such a powerful demonstration, I think back to the industry of what people leaders, you know, in financial advisors like yourself are doing to not just talk about, diversity inclusion but to really demonstrate like demonstrate ways to show back to the industry of how we collectively can do a better job and when our friend Toussaint Bailey who is a judge in the advisor podcast awards with us I think he said you know this is art and activism and I was like yes like it was emotional I think we were all quite emotional about it because it felt like a collective group conversation that doesn't happen often. And so for us to be able to facilitate that was like hugely meaningful for us. So I just want to, you know, underscore and extend my gratitude to you for being a part of it. And I know we want to talk today because in episode two of the new score, you are our first outside guest. We did get to dive into sort of you know, why you launched the Minority Money podcast and whatnot. And we want to talk today about some of the business outcomes that you've experienced, because I think that that's another powerful demonstration for advisors about how you can think innovatively about your marketing and um, prospecting efforts. But just to sort of, for, if, for people that haven't listened to episode two, Emily, can you just give us a recap on like why did you launch the Minority Money Podcast, you had already launched your firm, Gen Next Wealth, but like what made you go there? Mm -hmm. um, okay, so let me just take you through the whole thing. So when we first started it, um, I, I 
people would always say, hey, Emlyn, you need to do a podcast or you have a lot of stuff to say. You need to have, you know, you need to say some of this stuff. People need to hear what you have to say. People need to hear it. And I was like, yeah, that's okay. I, I guess so. These are my friends telling me this, right? So I'm like, all right, you know, let's try it. And so when I was doing it, even the name itself was like the first thing. Like I was like, do I call it minority money or do I call it changing the complexion of wealth? Because that's what I wanted to name it originally, changing the complexion of wealth. But when I thought about it, it was like, so what is the, what's the goal of the show? And it was like, well, it's to change the complexion of wealth. That's the goal of it. And it was like, well, what does that mean though? So they, who is it for? And so when I, when I, when I was going through this process, I was like, well, I mean, I really like the name minority money, but I thought it might exclude people. Right. I was like, if I name a minority money, there's going to be, you know, some people that just might feel like they can't listen to it. But then I said, if I name a minority money, there's going to be a group of people that knows that it's for them. If I name a complexion of wealth, changing the complexion of wealth, people might not know exactly what I'm talking about. So I said, you know what, we're going to name a minority money. And when I did that, it was one of the scariest things ever because I thought, okay, I'm going to exclude people. But I thought of this right after that. I said, but there is a group of people that needs to know that this is specifically for them. And so that that was the kind of thought process in naming it. And then from there, um, I just wanted to make sure that we talked to minorities about family, fitness, health, um, you know, finance, of course, and family. And I, and I wanted to make sure that I could do it in a way like, you know, just be authentic about it. Just talk about things that I thought people would like and people would need to know. And that's kind of how it started, you know. And so we started recording and, and I just kind of, you know, we thought we were going to have a lot of guests on. I definitely wanted to have other minority uh, advisors on or underrepresented advisors on the show. And from there, we, we just kind of hit record and I committed to 52 episodes. I remember um, I was speaking to one of my coaches prior to, to this uh, and, and we said we're going to commit to 52 episodes and then we committed to 52. And then um, we look back and, and now it's we're, we're over we're, we're at a, over 100. I think we have 104 that dropped today and, and just like just wanted to get information. And, and, and the podcast has grown so much. We, we can talk about the growth, but I, I hope I answered that question for you. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. So, Emlyn, I love it. I remember when the podcast was just an idea and you back then, which was which has been super exciting to watch the whole journey. I mean, for reals, for reals. And you've done so much with it. Tell us about I'd love for you to share over 104 episodes because you've really been in it. What have you learned? What have been the biggest surprises? And maybe even what have been, you know, kind of those mistakes that have like helped you, though. Mm -hmm. um, what I learned is, is that uh, just hit record. Right. Just hit record. That's what I learned. Um, and the, the like it's been so like the people that I've had, I've had some of the like and I'm not saying that just because they're on my show. Right. But some of the people that I've had on the show, I won't start naming people because I'll forget someone. But some of the guests, like every show I get, I learn something new from the people that I have on. And it's just like this continual iron versus iron sharpening iron every episode where I get to have people on. Um, and it's been awesome. I think the biggest thing that I learned, uh, which was kind of because I'm because I'm really I'm not that guy. So the biggest thing that I learned is that people want to hear from me, which was crazy. Right. I didn't think I, I just never really thought that people wanted to hear what I had to say. Um, and over the last, you know, over the last 12 months, we've actually done a lot more shows of me. Um, just solo episodes and the people like that. And so that was one thing that I wasn't really expecting um, just because I don't 
you know, I, I think I was just trying to help people. And I didn't think that, not that I didn't think I could help people, obviously, because I, you know, I have my firm or whatnot. So I, you know, obviously I think I can do it, but I just didn't think of it as people wanted to hear me. It was just kind of a surreal moment. Like, wow, that people want to hear what I have to say. And I think you said when you started it, you really weren't looking to make money or bring on mm-hmm. clients. You just wanted to create change. But now you've gotten to a place where it is bringing in clients, where mm-hmm. you recently got some sponsorship as well. Yes, actually, it did go there. So, so you know, I was talking to my, my team about the show and they're like, well, Emily, you, you don't ever <laughs> like I don't talk about myself. I don't talk about what I do a lot. And so they're like, well, Emily, you need to ask the people you know, if they like, there's tons of people listening. And and, and I guess the biggest surprise, because um, I didn't say this, was that we were like, last time I checked, I want to say we were, listenership is in 85 countries, 85 plus countries. And I was like, 85 countries, there's people listening to, you know what I mean? Like, so it's still like, even now, like I said, and I'm like, there's 85 different, there's people that listen to us from 85 countries. Like, it still blows my mind. Um, that was one of the biggest, that was, that was something that was crazy. And when we started, like you said, I didn't, I didn't want to do it to get new business. That wasn't what it was. It was just for information, right? It was just to get the information out to people. And then along the way, um, you know, after having that conversation, I started letting people know that, Hey, if you want to work with me, you can. And, and crazy. They were listening. And so people started, <laughs> I started to get more people calling it, uh, um, trying to schedule appointments and, and become clients. Um, and then we had a sponsorship. I, I never thought, I, well, I actually said this I, and, and, you know, it's funny cause I told, I told my, uh, I told my wife, I was like, Hey, Marty, when, when, uh, well, when, when we start getting sponsorships, then things are going to, you know, then we'll, then things are like, then we actually, now we're doing something. Right. And so then like a couple, like a month ago, we, we are uh, in negotiation now with uh, a company that is going to uh, sponsor the podcast and start running some commercials on there. It's kind of, it's like, this is, it's all happening. I, I just, yeah, I'm still in shock. Literally, I'm still in shock. Well, we know that it is happening because you've approached it in the right way. You know, you've approached it from a place of vulnerability and authenticity and truth and wanting to create change and not putting business outcomes first. And so you're, you get it, you know, you've gotten it since the beginning. We often find ourselves in a position where we're trying to educate and help advisors to understand the power and the potential of leading with authenticity. I mean, that's why this is called the new school. It's the new school mindset is all about leading with authenticity and vulnerability. Um, And also I think there are, and, and it's fair for advisors to think to themselves and yes, and if I'm going to commit the time, what should I realistically expect from a business case? Like, is it really just going to be this mission? Is it mission driven or are there, is there potential for there to be additional business outcomes? So how, you know, when you started asking for business, like at what point was that in your podcast journey? Like, was it episode 20 or, and did some of that happen naturally where people would just find you and reach out to you? Like, tell us about that, turning it into a lead generation um, how did that happen? What has that been like? And really, like, if you can quantify any of the results, that would be interesting, too. Absolutely. So it started to turn into a lead generation. So we had the conversation. Right. And I was using it in a way like now I've been using it. I'd want to say. I don't know, maybe from the episodes and I want to say like 70, 80, maybe in there, about 70, 80. Um, 
because I want to say this is the last year. So about 70, 70. So what I was doing was, you know, I'd have my I'd have my introductory call with my with my um, prospects, just regular, you know, regular prospects not coming from the podcast. And then when we'd have our conversation, when they had like, you know, like I want to talk about retirement or I was thinking about, you know, personal, you know, personal find whatever, whatever topic they were talking about in the meeting, undoubtedly I had a show about it. Right. So now I send them a show about what I was talking about, whether it was solo or with the person, but I'd send those things to them. Now they're listening to the show and I was getting like, I was closing everyone because they would listen to the show talking about what they were interested in and they hear me talk about it. So, so then I was like, well, if people are, if it's working that way, like as an afterthought, why don't I just ask up front and say this on the, on the show and say, Hey, you know, I'll just let you guys know. Um, I'm a financial advisor, maybe because there's people that listen that probably don't know what I do, you know, like after you, you know, you say it one time, right. And I, you say, I've said it one time, everybody should know. Well, no, they don't. So I went on and, and I said, Hey, you know, I just, just had a quick little thing. And, and like before the show started, Hey, we are taking new clients. If you're interested in working in it with us, please let us know. Um, you can reach us. And I put that in there. And then I started getting, I, I'd want to say I did that maybe like really not that long ago, like maybe no more than two months ago, okay. two, two and a half months ago. Like I just started doing that. And the next week, someone scheduled a call, said they're from the podcast. The following week, someone scheduled a call, said they're from the podcast. The following. So every week I've had, I was like, oh, wow. So people are listening. And so it's, it's, it, I would say that it was it was working as a good way to close people that I was having with that initial conversation. And then when I just started to ask, it's been great for people to come in and everyone that's come in from the podcast, obviously, um, knows me and, and they wanted to do business. So that that actually made it easy to 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 to, um, to get into business when I asked. And so we've had three new clients from that. Just to put some numbers on. It. Yes. Um, three new, three new clients from that. And then we've had, uh, let's see. Um, I want to say last, I'll, I'll say I started doing that last year with the, with the, um, and, and that's when we were talking about the, the, the large close ratio. Cause I think we talked about 90% in the first yeah. episode. That I so yeah, that, that's when I started to see those numbers just shoot. Not that I wasn't yet. Yeah, it just shot up. Like it was, it was, it was the most effective way to allow the clients to get to know me without me being there. Mm-hmm. So would you say that the the three clients that have come in from the last two months, mm-hmm. do you find that they're just quali- like they're qualified? I don't mean qualified from like an asset perspective or whatnot, but like they're your target qualified oh, yeah. buyer because they're mm-hmm. coming in from the podcast. Like they get you, they get your mission, they get what you do. So you maybe don't have to do as much on a qualification front. No, and, and it's really good because like you said, they, I can, I can paint the, I can paint that avatar on the show, right? Who I'm looking for. Like I'm looking for first generation, um, usually first generation college graduate, first generation six figure income owner. For, you know what I mean? I can, I can paint that picture for who I can help the best. And for the people that aren't necessarily a good fit, there's enough information that we have for them to be able to, you know, for them to be able to increase their financial knowledge capacity for that. I think it's so true because whenever I'm coaching advisors and it's interesting to us because weirdly enough, podcasting, especially in the financial advisory space, still very new, very, Mm -hmm. very, no people, very, very people. I feel like advisors get video. They understand the the context of where video is. I, we find that they want to podcast, 
but then they're not sure about it. There's like a little bit of inertia about it. So if you're, and, and I also find that advisors, you know, when we're coaching them from a new school perspective in our advisor education workshops, or we're working with them on the agency side, time and time again, when we're talking, and I know you've been through one of my workshops many years ago, <laughs> but when we're talking about getting really clear on their who, like who specifically are you speaking to, they get really confronted and nervous because they feel, and I think you and I talked about this before, and Miguel, such a beautiful demonstration of that, but they get nervous because they feel like if they're speaking to a specific person, that really closes their revenue opportunities. Like they feel like maybe they won't be able to run a successful business. So I feel like I lumped a lot in here. But essentially, when you're thinking about, if you were to give advice to other advisors that are thinking about launching a podcast, what would you say to them about it? And then specifically tied to that, you know, what are, what is the benefits of focusing on the who, the way that you have, and what advice would you give to them if they were feeling a little bit nervous about it? Well, that's, that's a lot of questions. Okay. So Liv, this is the first one. This you can just the, talk for 20 more minutes. Okay. <laughs> so, so I'll get the first one and I'll say the first one is, is it's commitment, right? And, and the reason why I say commitment is, is commitment is the biggest thing. I said, the first thing that I did was I committed to 52 episodes. I wasn't going to go in and do three months. I wasn't going to go in and do, you know, and I said, I'm going to do 52 episodes. I'm doing it once a week. This is what I'm doing, no matter what, right? doesn't matter how it sounds. doesn't matter how, and, and I listen back to those old episodes and it's just like, oh man, but I needed those old episodes. You need to do that. And I, I always tell people that you, you have to make that, the commitment goes over motivation. Commitment goes over not feeling like doing it. Commitment is over everything, right? I'm committed to doing it. Once you make the commitment, then you find out like like as you go, you I think the I think one of the books we read was The Beautiful Constraint, right? Mm -hmm. There's beauty in the constraint of having this limited amount of people that you have that you're trying to focus on. Right now, you don't need a thousand people. Okay. You don't need 10,000 people. You need a hundred people that believe in what you're doing. So if you don't think that you by niching or are being specific to where you want to go uh, or specific about the type of clients you want to work with, if you don't think that you can find a hundred people that are like that, that are going to fit that, that type, then you probably niche the wrong thing. Like you're just totally off. And, and I, and I, and the reason why I say that is because I don't think you're off. I don't think the person is off. I think if you want to serve a group of people, you can find a hundred people that are going to be in that ideal client space that you want to serve, but you have to commit to it. And commitment is a scary word, right? Once we commit to it, then it's like, well, I can't change. No, you can change after you commit. Like this is something that evolves over time, right? When I first started talking to people, it was like, I work with any minority. You got a pulse, come on in, let's see me, right? Then as I started working with people, I found out who I work best with, right? But you have to have enough people to work with to find out who you work best with. And to do that, you have to be specific about who you want to work with at that time. Now, over time, the niche will niche itself down more and more and more. That's okay. You're not, you don't have to become all things to all people. You need to become all things to the hundred people that are following you. 
I think that's summed it up. Hopefully, I think I'll uh, we'll play that on repeat for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> that's just, and that's just what I think. Like, I think the biggest thing is that that commitment. Because even now, people still tell me, like, "Man, you do an episode a week." I was like, "Yeah, why not? Like, why are why are we why are we making people wait? Like, you cannot do that in the financial services. We know that a lot can happen in a week." A lot happened in three days, right? Like this, like how Monday started the day, we seen where the market was when we opened up, what the market closes at on Friday could be something totally different. And if your clients aren't hearing from you or your potential clients aren't hearing from you, who are they listening to? Because someone's putting content out there every week. Right. That's all. It, it feels like you find so much fulfillment just in having the conversation. Like, is yes. that, did you expect that? Uh, You know, Yes and no. I mean, I expected it. I thought it might be more work, right? It's like, oh man, this is going to be so hard. But once I got the process set up, and I think that's that's one thing, right? Setting the process up to where I can do the part that's fun. And that's the part where I get to talk and get to, you know. So w- the biggest thing that I can say that changed my podcast in the way that uh, the way that we did it was doing the onboarding questionnaire. Like when I have someone come in, they say, Hey, I want to, you know, either I reach out to them or they reach out to me to be a guest on the show. Then we have a Google form we send and people are like, well, what do I put on the form? I said, well, what do you want to talk about? You know? And so having the process in place made my life so much easier. Then we had the, uh, now I have my director of operations. She sends out all that stuff. So I think the process just like when you have your onboarding process for your clients, just like when you have your process for you know reviews, just like you have your process for anything else, make sure that you develop a process for how you're going to do your podcast because that is what allows me the ability to do it because I know the process step by step by step. And it's really um, it's really a large part of the what the guest does, right? We got to make sure that the guest is aligned with what we're doing here uh, on the show. And then let them just let them talk, just let them be them. And that, that's kind of like what, what we did with the process. And how do you handle the production side of it? Because I feel like a lot of people make assumptions about what you need. And I mean, mm-hmm. for me, like I'm in my bedroom at home. Mm-hmm. I'm using my laptop. I'm using the webcam on my laptop. I don't even have an, a special mic. It's probably debatable whether or not I should, but I, I just don't. Um, and I have a, a wonderful team led by Candace that handles the production side of it. So I'm like you, Emily, like I get to just show up and do the really fun stuff. <laughs> um, do you handle production in house or do you have a partner that you work with for that? I have a, I have a team that does all the production. They do, um, they do the production for me. They do the, uh, they do the social media stuff. They do a lot of the, the stuff that, that people see. Um, that was a financial commitment that I made, right? Uh, sometimes, you know, when, when you're first starting out, you might not be able to make that financial commitment. Um, fortunately enough, uh, we were, and we were able to have someone else come in because we wanted to make sure that we could, like I said, it goes back to the commitment. How am I going to get these 52 episodes out? And that was the only way that I can do it. So we hired a, a team. We actually went through, um, two different teams. So it did, you know, you do have to find out who's going to work with you. Um, and, and who's going to work best with you. But I think it makes the most sense if you can, if you can have your editing done by someone else, then that is going to be key because you still probably are running some type of business, right? And you don't want to get bogged down. Like the reason why you're doing the podcast or the reason why you do your, you know, the reason why you're doing your podcast is to get the information out. Don't get bogged down or get caught up in doing the little 
day-to-day stuff that mm-hmm. that you really you know you you have to and this is business this is business business stuff right you have to do you have to hire or outsource before you think you're ready like and and, and the sooner you can do that that like once i outsourced this um like every time i've outsourced a piece of what the operation like in the beginning i would send all the stuff to the to the guest i would send all the emails i would turn around and then i would take their information out of the email i would prepare all the documents for the for the show i'd send the email back to the client or to the to the guests and say this is what we're going to talk about then we'd have to do the sound check and all that and so as i as we continued to grow on the firm as gen x wealth continued to grow so that i could fund what we were doing over here I began to hire people and remove myself out of the process. And the more I remove myself out of the process to where I could just get to the point where it was just record, the better it was for me. Anxiety came down, you know, um, it was, it was just all better. And uh, yeah, I think that that's something that, that if you're, if you're serious about getting into this and you can afford it and, you know, make sure that you do it as sooner, sooner than later. Mm. I mean, we do the same. I mean, I think it's always very exciting, but we even, and I think to your point, it's like hiring and making sure that the team that works on it understands the vision. That's been like, I think our team, almost every member of our team touches it at some point, our podcast. And if I think about our editor, shout out to Yosefa, who is a YouTuber. She is so creative. She gets it. We send it to her and she edits, she sends back this edited video with all kinds of new stuff where we look at it and we're just like, ah, this is good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, because yep. she's in her zone of excellence. Like, you know, so she comes up with yep. ideas that we wouldn't have necessarily even instructed her, but she understands the vision. She understands the change that we're creating. And I, we just wrapped up our first podcast workshop. It was a pilot. And we've got uh, some podcasts that are going to be launched as a result of it, which we're super excited mm-hmm. to talk about. But what was, and there, I think what's consistent across the board is when I talk to advisors about podcasting, sometimes I vacillate. Sometimes I'm talking about business results. And sometimes I'm talking about the change that they create. And what's interesting is I made a post on LinkedIn and I talked about the business results, but I tagged all the winners of for the finalists of the podcast awards. And I said, what would you tell other advisors? And they all came back with the, with the responses that were much more passionate and aligned about the change that they wanted to create. So that's mm-hmm. been at the forefront and then the business impact almost being secondary and one of the questions that came out was like, when do I monetize my podcast? Like, when do I get sponsorship in this latest workshop? When does that look like? And it took you a hundred episodes before you started to consider outside sponsorship. So mm-hmm. besides bringing in new clients, assisting conversion rates, which is enough by itself, I mean, holy works there, but mm-hmm. what, how would you, how did you determine like, this is the right sponsor for us? this aligns with what we're doing and this is the right time. First it was just to to look at the company, right? Cause they approached me about it and I was like, okay, well let's do some research on, on the company and see if our, if, 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 if our ethos aligns. Um, and, and then after it aligned, uh, I was like, okay, well, you know, Hmm, let's see, like, what are we going to do? Like, so then I started developing a plan of what, what we're going to do. Um, so when you're talking about like, in when you're when I'm thinking about when you should ask for sponsorship dollars or when you should 
you know, start thinking about it. I think it's after you get to a place of consistency, right? I'm not saying you need to get to 100 episodes. It doesn't necessarily need to take that long. Um, but I mean, if you're knocking out, you know, you knock out a year's worth of content, then then you probably are good to go. And that, that could be either, you know, 52 episodes or 26 if you're doing every other. However, however, but I think after you've done it that many times, then you actually have a body of work. Let's get a body of work together before we actually go ask someone to give us money to, to you know, to sponsor us on our show. Um, and I think that, that that's what I that's what I would look. I don't know if there's like a if there's like a like a, you know, at, at this many months, this is when you should start doing it. But I think it's more of a more of a feel and, and an alignment. Right. I go big off a of vibe. Right. If I'm feeling someone's vibe, like with the way that they, you know, and it's kind of hard to pick up vibes in email. So we usually have a call like this. And if I can pick up the vibe, then I'm like, OK, we can you know, what I mean, we can do this. Um, and that's just kind of how I do everything. I kind of go up my gut and, and kind of feel like if I can pick up on on, on a good, good synergy or possible possibly good synergy. hopefully that answered the question it totally does because i think it's all about the change right my answer was like does it help you create the change that you want to mm -hmm. create with it right mm -hmm. emlyn what has been your favorite episode so far or episodes on the minority money uh the we need to talk is has definitely been my favorite um it was it was because of the timing. It was because of the topic. It was because of how raw it was. And it was like the scariest show I ever did. Right. Because I was like, so George Floyd happens, <laughs> you know, and, and there's a lot of there's let's just call it what it is. There's a lot of racial tension. There's a lot of, you know, just just unrest. And there's like so many unknown things. And and uh, so then, you know, we, we, we have that episode. And, and I'm telling you, like when I talk about just hit record, it was it was it was uh, I was worried. Um, and, and the feedback that we got after the first one, I was like, oh my God, people, people, you know what I mean? And this, I think this is, if I really, if I really think back to when I started to see the impact of the show, that's when I started to see it. When I did that, cause it was really like, it was something needed to be done. This is back to the podcast, right? How often you do the show, right? This was, it was like right on time. And I had to say something cause we hadn't said anything and, we went in and, and you know, I, had, I was I was fortunate enough to get three other three other men on the show with me, three other black men on the show with me. And we killed it. We killed it. You know what I mean? We killed it. And, it. and it went really, really well. And it was it was just the beginning of of, of, of just like it was like a catapult. It, it took the show to the next level. Um, and it was it was absolutely my favorite show. The series, actually, the whole series. So anytime, and, and I'm like, now I'm thinking, we haven't had one in a while. We need to talk about something. So we'll see. Be on the lookout for another one of those coming up. you have a favorite story of a prospect or a client that you, that has given you feedback about how listening to the podcast or perhaps, you know, that we need to talk or that they said to you, hey, Emlyn, this moved me, this transformed me, or this gave me permission that I didn't that think that I had. Like, do you have a favorite story or moment from a conversation you've had about the podcast? Um, I wouldn't say necessarily favorite because anytime someone gives me feedback, I, I love it. So I won't say like, I, won't, I don't want to, but I, I can think about one in particular. And it was this, this, this uh, email I get um, about the show. And, and I think the biggest thing about the email, you know, they're telling me that they love what we're doing. They think it's great. We're putting information out there. But the part that really got to me that really hit me was I sent this to my grandma. And my grandmother listened to what you had to say. And she said, I've been telling all this. So I send them a trust and uh, they need to have a, an estate plan. 
And so I sent them an estate plan episode. And he said, my grandmother told us she has her estate. We need to have our estate. And she said, you need to listen to this young man. He's telling the truth and this. And so when I, when I can, when people are sharing the show within their family, mission accomplished, right? That's all I want. And, and so that is, that was, that was powerful. And it was, um, you know, it, it, it just, it just really, it was just like a, like a, like such a surreal, humble, just, just a crazy moment. Like to, to think that now, you know, we're actually doing what we said we were going to do and that's changing the complexion of wealth. Right. And so to see the the family impact, it, it always, it just puts a smile on my face and, and, and it makes my heart happy to, to know that we're actually helping people the way we intended to. Emlet, I'd love to take this moment, continuing on that, if you could tell us all about the internship BLX that you just launched and mm -hmm. what you're doing with that. Absolutely. So uh, me and the three cool co-founders, um, four of us total, we opened that we started an internship program uh, last year. So this is after the last year was a busy year. Last year, uh, after George Floyd, I want to say it was about August, we started having conversations, uh, the four of us, and that's going to be Luis Rosa, um, Chloe Moore, and Sean Tidlaska. All of us started talking about ways we could, you know, impact the industry. And we thought, um, we had heard about this uh, 100 Black intern um, program in the UK. And so when we heard about it, we actually reached out to the founder of the program, talked to him about what he was, you know, how successful they were, which was incredibly successful. They had like a thousand interns. They only, so they did it, they did it a little different than we did, but anyhow, um, it was, it was an awesome program. And so once we talked to him, he talked to us and we, we talked through it and we started the BLX internship program, uh, Blackx. It's for black and Latino financial advisors to get them some experience. This year we had 33 interns placed um, uh, across 14 across 14 states. We had about 20. Uh, I want to there was 20 plus firms that participated. Um, it was absolutely incredible. And the biggest thing that I love about the program is that we're taking people not only not only interns, but pe not only people that are you know graduating college, but also people that are uh, looking to change careers and get into this industry. And we have been blessed with some of the best talent that I've seen in a long time. The, and for the firms, we've already had several interns receive full time job offers from the, the firms that they're at. I'm offering I'm going to offer my intern a job uh, when, when the intern is when the, when the internship is over. And all this program re-solidifies to me is that people of color aren't looking for handouts. They're just looking for opportunities. We just want an opportunity to show you how good we are. And I'll say this, just like when you talked about um, your, your editor, the, 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 the YouTuber that works with you, there's nothing better than asking someone to do something, not telling them how to do it, but asking them to do something and letting them surprise you with the results. And these interns have surprised me at every turn that they've gotten with the results that they're able to produce. Evelyn, thank you so much. It is always such a pleasure to speak to you. We are so grateful to have you on the show. Congratulations again for being the winner, for lighting the way for all of us. Where can people find you? Uh, I'm active on Twitter and Instagram. So that would be E Miles Mattingly, no hyphen in that, just E Miles Mattingly. Um, yeah, that, that's where I'm active at, uh, Twitter and uh, Instagram. Where can we buy your merchandise? Oh, merch. Yes. Yeah. Merch is going to be on, uh, it's going to be minoritymoneymerch.com. So it's minoritymoneymerch.com. Um, you can get you some swag there. We do need to do some updates. There's still tons of sweatshirts. And if you're in California, it's too hot for a sweatshirt, but we have some nice tees and some hats and stuff like that. Right. 
Very cool. Thank you so much. Thank Thanks you. Thanks for having me.